If I may present the evidence of my case, I will prove it. Proceed. Exhibit A. Here's a modern-day phone. Recognize it? Here's a phone from 150 years ago. Big difference, right? Stay with me. Here's a car from today. And here's a car from 150 years ago. Big difference, right? Well, get this. Here's a classroom of today. And here's a class we used 150 years ago. Now, ain't that a shame? In literally more than a century, nothing has changed. Yet you claim to prepare students for the future? But with evidence like that, I must ask, do you prepare students for the future or the past? I did a background check on you and let the record show that you were made to train people to work in factories, which explains why you put students in straight rows, nice and neat, tell them sit still, raise your hand if you want to speak, give them a short break to eat, and for eight hours a day, tell them what to think. Oh, and make them compete to get an A. A letter which determines product quality, hence grade A of meat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. It's Jay. It's Willie F. We haven't done this in a while, but we have a 20 for 20 for you. And it's real serious. Real serious. Real serious. Take it away, sir. Um, at the end of the day, man, people just need to realize, I think that's my favorite thing to say, at the end of the day, because the day is always going to be concluded. I realize that I say that a lot, but I, I love And you also say it. it is what it is a lot, too. Oh, man, because it is... Exactly what it is. Okay. Um, you know how I feel about the education system with a person that graduated from college with the, into the, uh, with a bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies. I, I observed a whole lot when I was in the classroom for like a year, year and a half. And um, not only did I observe the way schools function, I got to realize that schools function in a way that really only benefited the administration and it was so many politics involved with with how kids are being taught today that really just turned me away from the profession and not only did it turn me away from the profession it made me kind of give a side eye to the people that take on the profession and don't leave every day pissed the fuck off uh-huh. um i don't I'm, I'm really i don't want to take over the show so i'm pretty much happy i had to ask you some questions to, so you're not just sitting here just getting my information that i'm giving well, you. Well, the, well the thing is like i work in the in the public sector and yes. which is you know what, what our schools are mm-hmm. and the thing in the public sector is something I, I find an issue with in my job as well the people who make the rules aren't living that life no like i get trickled down information from people in washington dc Gotcha. But they don't do my job. They're, but they're telling me how to and say, oh, your job would be better if you do it this way. Your job would be better if you do, do it that way. But they're not actually coming to do my job. So they're telling me, but they're not living it. Same with the school system. The the whoever is, is over the school, the superintendent or whoever, they're not in the classrooms teaching. They're not eating horrible lunches. They're not hit, getting this regurgitated Texas history with books that are 20 and 30 and 40 years old, but then you get a new version. They're still telling you the same old history when exactly. there's there's a large gap in history that you're not covering anymore. Exactly. And um, long, long story short, when I approached the profession, my whole goal was to change lives. And I, I feel a certain way about children when I see children. Like I'm not one of those people that sit there and be like, you know, the children are the future, the children are the future or whatever, because that's obvious. Obviously, the children are going to come up behind us. 
And one thing I learned about younger generations is that when younger generations are coming up, they tend to already have that rebel mentality because if you think about the 60s and the 70s, those, that younger generation that was coming up, they were more liberal and they were against establishment because their parents were conservative. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So so therefore, my point is you have to realize that no matter what you say or do to these kids, they're always going to want to go against what the establishment is because they always feel like they're being treated unfairly, no matter if this is the 1930s or the 2030s. When these kids are in the classroom being treated like children, that bothers me. It sounds crazy, but I don't treat my son like a child. I, I, I'm a parent, so my whole thing is I'm going to lead my child. And I think that a lot of teachers, and that's what I'm, I'm going to get to the root, to the tutor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's some country shit. But I'm going to get to the point. Teachers and parents are the problem combined. And with the American education system is so much finger pointing and nobody want to take accountability for the fuck shit that they do. It, that's why children are the way they are. It's not just, oh, parents are young and they dumb. They don't, they don't, they don't answer emails. They don't answer phone calls, blah, 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 this and that. If the kid is acting up, it's obviously something going on at home. So if the kid doesn't know how to do their homework, it's obviously because the teacher isn't teaching them right. And teachers tend to forget that. Let's just be real here. You gotta you you're you're teaching you know second third grade, and a lot of these parents nowadays you might be dealing with a parent that's younger than you, and you gotta be real like these teachers nowadays are young as shit. When I was in school, my youngest teacher probably was in her mid thirties. You got teachers nowadays that are fresh out of college, 23, 24, 25. 24, and they're going into some high schools. They're dealing with children that are are pretty much five or six years younger than them. That means five or six years from now, they probably be able to date them, you know? And no, people, they're, they're dating them now. They're exactly. not even waiting. And, and, and people wonder why so many of these teachers are, you know, pedophiles technically. But back to what I was saying, it's almost like teachers or grownups forget that they were children, you know? Because I check myself sometimes, like like if, my, if I'm dealing with, if I see some kids sagging, like I'm not quick to say, hey, pull your pants up. Because, you know, I know I was that ignorant little kid. I may walk to the, I, I may ask the kid, like, why you doing that? You got a belt on. You know what I'm saying? Or, hey, man, these white folks going to judge you up and down. But at the end of the day, these white folks going to judge you regardless. But don't make it easy for them. Like, these teachers nowadays, they don't be, they don't, they're not 100 with these kids no more. Because they're getting their salaries. They're, they're in the classroom not really giving a shit about the well-being of these kids. Like the dude sitting in the intro. Like, they're grooming these kids to work in McDonald's. To be factory workers. To be, to be almost useless because a teacher doesn't a lot of teachers don't want their children that they're not related to to to, to graduate and to be better than them like how do you i mean it's it's not a lot of teachers nowadays that are even really passionate about the job and i see that all the time do you know the rate of teachers that are drug addicts and alcoholics man like it's like four out of seven teachers that are drug addicts and alcoholics bro like they because they really don't give a shit. The, most of the time when they walk into the classroom, they're withdrawn. They're only in there for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Once it got to the point where we're in a, you're in a profession where you say you don't get paid enough, but then you're only there for a paycheck. Come on, think I, about that. It's, I think it's crazy that they say they don't get paid enough. And then we say, well, teachers don't get paid enough. But then you look at test scores and students aren't as smart as they used to be. Yeah, because teachers you, don't give don't, a shit anymore. They don't get... 
like I, th- I think anybody can look back and say, all right, there was this, this, this one or two, three, maybe I'm, I'm not even gonna say four impactful teachers that impactful you had. Teachers oh, I know in your I had life. some. Impactful I had. I, I can. I can count three offhand. Yeah. That impacted me and that actually made. I remember when I was in high school, my superintendent. I wasn't gonna. I went to. I went to college on a scholarship, full ride. I wasn't even gonna fill out the paperwork. Mm-hmm. The superintendent called my mom, and he was like, "Look, if you don't tell him to fill out this application." You know, he gave a damn. Yeah, he gave a damn about me for for what reason I don't know. Shit, like it, it, the job. it was a small it was a small school and everything. So you know he was familiar with all the all the students, but he was like, "You need to fill this out." And like my mom, I, I got home that that day after pro- basketball practice. My mom's like, "Look, superintendent called me. He faxed me over this this application. You sit down, and you fill it out." Mm-hmm. And like if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have had that full ride to the the school. I probably would have still went. Probably wouldn't have finished because pe- typically when you're paying for school, you don't really don't get a finish. little stressed out. Get, you get a little, little stressed, stressed out, out. Yeah. and then you say, "Well, I'm gonna take this semester off and I'm gonna work," and then life starts hitting you. You take the semester off, you working, you start fucking, you have a kid, and then yep. you just never finish. Yeah, that shit happens a lot. That's a cycle. It's an ongoing cycle. And I mean, speaking about cycles, man, that's the same thing I feel about history, man. Like my my son, one of his least favorite subjects is history, and that's one of my favorite subjects because I kind of feel like if you don't know history, then you're bound to repeat it, and Look at look at Trump, bro. Like Trump is is the type of person that is going to be bound to repeat history because he doesn't really give a shit about the past because all his life it was about he's just moving forward because he got a bunch of hand me downs, he got a bunch of handouts, and he's just moving forward. He's moving forward. He doesn't give a shit about. He, he doesn't know historical value. He doesn't care about those things. He doesn't know that the day that he dropped bombs in Syria a hundred years ago that was a that was the start of World War One. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know that. No. He doesn't give a shit. Because he doesn't, he doesn't like, even know his tweets from 2013 when he told Obama not to do it. Let me tell you something about. <laughs> let me tell you something about tweets, and let me tell you something about this generation that is coming up, and how I feel like you can actually make t- tweets a useful thing. And if you, anything that you put on social media, you can pretty much tell people like, hey, I'm not even gonna knock you for what you put on, you know, Twitter or whatever. Because when you said that in that moment, that's you meant you what you said. That's yeah. how you felt. But the, that's the thing about writing something down that's going on the internet it's gonna be there no matter somebody's gonna screenshot it especially depending on how important you are somebody's gonna screenshot it somebody's gonna remember it and it's going to affect you in the long run they're not teaching these kids these kids that that's why a lot of these kids are sucking dick on on instagram at 13 years old twerking in the classroom with their teachers at 12 years old fighting their fighting teachers. their teachers on on you know nobody's telling them the severity of social networking all they're telling them is you know hey don't be on your phone in the classroom why not because I said so. That's not a. That's not a logical. That's not a good reason. You know, all you're doing. All you're doing is put. You you, you have authority over me, and then you're just you're being a dictator. You're just you're flexing. You just basic. That's all you're doing. You're flexing, and you're not telling me. You're not giving me any reason. You're not treating me like a human being. That is the real problem. A lot of parents do it. A lot of teachers do it. So with the American education system, it's crazy to me because. All you gotta think about how much money goes to American education. You know how much money from the lottery goes to American education? I don't even gotta say numbers. Too fucking much. A lot of money goes from lotteries to education. A lot of a lot of funding and fundraisers goes to education. And then you go into the classroom, you ask the teacher, hey, well, 
I, I couldn't afford to uh, school supplies. You know, yeah, you know, the school is getting all this funding. Can't they just supply supply the kids with with uh, books and pens and stuff? Oh no, well, uh, we we spend that on something else. On what? On what? I don't we, see. It. We got one new bus. You, come on, man! Like say, one bus? Like a, you mean the bus that is is probably gonna come late? The bus that doesn't have any air condition? The bus that is 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 still a safety issue because they don't have seat belts on them? Like seriously, like. A lot of these children are literally in these classrooms as a tax write-off. They don't care about these kids anymore. Kids walk into classrooms nowadays and literally they just need to make sure that they have a, a solid head count and they need to literally get through a curriculum. Like, and a lot of times they don't even they don't they don't even do shit that's hands-on. And if they do shit that's hands-on, it's not even fun or memorable. It's simple, boring, and it's just like, okay, can we get to the next thing? You know, motherfuckers is not having teachers like Miss Frizzle. Like it's not happening. <laughs> it's not exciting. You're it's not, not having Bill Nye as your teacher. It's just not happening. You literally, you got, you got, you know, you got Janice, you got Shanene, you got Shaniqua as your teacher. She gonna twerk with you. She gonna rap with you. She gonna try to connect with you because she feels like you. She can't connect with you in an intellectual way because you're a little kid from the from an urban area. Like no, challenge these kids. Challenge these kids. You have that type of power to challenge these kids and actually treat them with the respect they deserve. They always want to look to the side and be like, oh, well, the white schools are doing this. The white kids are doing this. They're being challenged, whether they're white, black or not. The higher uh, socioeconomic schools are actually being challenged because they're utilizing their resources to actually build leaders. They're not trying to build janitors. They're not trying to build factory workers. They're actually trying to build leaders, and they're actually trying to teach these kids something because they actually want to want them to succeed in life. Like, they do it so deliberately nowadays that it's a joke. Like, a kid gets in some mi a minor infraction, and then you put him in a in in a in a in school suspension that's somewhat prison like because you're molding him for that. And you yeah. don't find out the root cause. You don't find why they're acting out. Just you, like, just, you just identify that they are acting out, but you don't know why. So, therefore, you remove them from society because you don't want to deal with them. It's what it boils down to. And, it's just, and that's how real life is going to treat a lot of these little black brown, and brown boys and girls. They're just going to remove them from society, and the courts are not going to treat them fairly. All, all they do in these Title I schools and these public schools that... They, they, a lot of these kids walk through the door, and I, I saw my own eyes. These teachers were looking at names of students. Names of students and saying, oh, I can tell he's going to be bad already. Oh, look at his ghetto-ass name. Like, really? Like, you've already given up on him. You've already lost hope. There is no hope for this child once he walks into your room because you've already judged him because he has an extra J in his name or he has an extra H in his name, and you don't give a damn. And it's just like, damn, imagine if somebody felt the same way about you when they walked into when you walked into their classroom, like you had an ethnic name or you had a name that they're not familiar with. And all of a sudden they already casted you out. Like that's not fair. So what I'm coming to is a lot of these kids aren't even given a fair shot. And we wonder why they're they're why they're this generation, Generation Z, they're beyond rebels. They don't they're getting to the point where they don't give a damn anymore because they know as they well, a lot of them are already a hundred percent fully aware that they're really fighting a losing battle. It's like these kids, these teachers don't give a damn about me. These these teachers, the only reason these teachers are gonna pass me is because they tired of me. They gonna give me a, a seventy one. They gonna they gonna do whatever it takes to not have. They're to gonna make me year. somebody else's problem. You know, and uh, just getting just getting moved along, getting moved along. These these special education classes are a joke. These these sports programs are a joke. 
You know, it's, it's a lot of shit that's going on in the schools nowadays are a joke. Even if you talk about the nutrition that Michelle Obama passed, a lot of that stuff was a joke. You know, and like, there was no real health benefits to those things that she passed, but she was involved. My homegirl um, went, to, went to lunch with her daughter the other day, and she put on Snapchat, they had pizza and mashed potatoes. What, what kind of balance is that? They don't know. They don't know. We've been and, and then you've, you've given them all this, this starch, and then it's like, all right, now come stay awake for the rest of the day. Really? Be attentive for the rest Seriously? of the day. Seriously? Come on now. Like, for real? Like, makes no sense whatsoever. And they think that putting these kids in, in uniforms or, oh, we're putting them in uniforms because we want to make sure that, you know, nobody stands out or nobody, you know, feels left out. Blah. No, you're putting them in uniforms because you're getting them ready for prison. You're getting them ready for militaries. You want them to be uniform like they're prison mates, like they're military bunk mates. That's all it is. It's, or like the people that they're going to be looking like in their fast food restaurant jobs or their factory jobs or their janitors. All you're doing is molding it in their mind and getting them prepared for 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 bullshit. You know, <laughs> I've and worn I, a uniform my whole life. Yeah, you know, and I know plenty of people that don't wake up until they get those type of jobs. And then they say, you know what, I can do better. Honestly, college changed my life. Like, I don't really give a lot of public education. I don't give credit to public education. I felt like all I did, all I was was pushed through. I was bad as hell. And really, I should have, I should have, oh, I was kicked out of school. But I should have, <laughs> I should have been removed from school by the ninth grade. But it was all about the taxes. It was all about the dollars. So I stayed in school and they made sure that I stayed in school. Like, even when I got sent off to alternative school, honestly, when I got sent off to alternative school, it kind of felt like they were serious, more serious about me getting the work done because the alternative schools had to show the regular schools that I was actually doing work. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot sitting in an alternative school. Guess what that's like when you're prison. sitting in prison? <laughs> Just saying, you sit in prison, you got all the time in the world. You might as well learn something. You might as well learn something. I learned a lot in alternative school. And should I have to give more credit to alternative school rather than giving credit to a regular school? And it's, it, is, it is what it is. How, do you, how did you feel about your 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 scholarship life? Hey, I enjoyed college. But I was on scholarship. I still worked two jobs because mom really. Like she like I, I had bills. You like, weren't spoiled. No, I wasn't spoiled. I've had I've had bills since I was like thirteen. I'm <laughs> not gonna lie to you. I've had some at the age of thirteen, my mom's like, I'm not buying your school clothes this year. You need a job. Wow, and like I had a I had a job that she summer. That's I, I worked with my stepdad. He he had a lawn care service. He's like, I give you fifty dollars a day, bet. But the thing, and he, he we'd work four days. We would work three or four days in a row, and then I'd be off for four or five days. But the thing about it was, yeah, fifty dollars a day for a thirteen year old, solid. Oh, definitely. We started at six o'clock in the morning though. Yeah. And you're outside, and you know, when you're in the sun all day, you have to cover up, or you're gonna get heat exhaustion. You're gonna get, you're gonna get dehydrated. Of and everything. So you cut your you're fully clothed. You covered up. Got on these thick ass boots, and you're cutting grass for twelve hours. Of course, twelve hours. You I That's came real. home so exhausted, like I just want to go to sleep. I want to eat, shower, and go to sleep. Yeah. But I made that money. I made that money, and then when I got sixteen, it's like. I'm not going back outside <laughs> to cut this goddamn grass. Gotcha. I'm getting a different job. Yeah. But like, so you already like, knew at a young age that you wanted to you wanted to progress. Yeah. You you already did the field work. So for, for 17 years, I've had a job basically. That's real. Yeah. I started I started working when I was 15. I started working in a haunted house. Haunted house was one of my first jobs. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so in horror. <laughs> but, but, but but 
I got that exposure to, to know that this isn't what I want to do the rest of my life. I was I, I went from cutting grass to working at a grocery store to working um, in a prison to working at a bank. And I was at, I was at the bank thing and I was like, uh, I don't want to do this. So I'm moving on. Gotcha. But like I had all these different experiences and they still like even every stuff I learned from the lawn service still applies today. Stuff I learned from working in the prison still applies today. But I see a lot of people that go to high school, especially from the area that I'm from in Huntsville, where it's five, six prisons in one town mm-hmm. where people go to high school and go work in the prison and be there for the rest of their lives. They might go to the college that's in town, but then, you know, they'll take a semester off. They'll get kids, they'll get bills, they'll get new expenses. And then it's like, well, I can't afford to go back to school now because I've got all this new all these new expenses. And then they're working at the prison their whole lives. Granted, my mom has worked at the prison for 27 years. She's she's pretty she's pretty close to the top. She's she's well renowned now. But a lot of people just are comfortable being another number, another body to come fill a position. The education system at a, got at a like low that. level. That's yeah. the education system. It didn't like that. The yeah. education system has been like this since because the good 70s. En- because good enough is acceptable. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, you, oh, you're, you're good enough to pass. You're good, you're good enough. You're good enough for this job. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's you're not encouraged to, to to pressure luck. You're not encouraged to try hard. Definitely. Well, do you have words of advice for the this younger generation coming up and how they should approach public education? Um, approach public education. Don't let them use you. You use them. If, if you're if you're there, make some make it count. Definitely. Like if, if they if they're not if they te- give you if they plant a seed, you water it. Oh, like like Black History Month. Oh, I didn't know such and such made this. Well, what else have Black people made? Look into it. Oh, I didn't know this is why you know Abraham Lincoln has a day. What other presidents have days? Oh, I didn't I didn't I didn't know that you know Indians were forced into reservations. You know what kind of is like like just take what they give you and use it for your benefit. Make it grow. And I'm gonna piggyback off that by simply saying this generation has it better than we ever had it because they have technology that is out of this world and a lot of these kids are walking around with the literally they have the world in their palms. And all I gotta say is utilize that shit to a T. Don't make don't let it make you lazy, but every time you hear something that's seems sugar coated like let's just say the battle of the alamo like honestly i really didn't really realize there was so much blood shed with the battle of the alamo you have to understand that life is rated r and you gotta do your googles man do your googles and everything that your teacher says research it deeper because that's only going to benefit you more in life because remember the more history you know you're you're, you're it's going to be less likely that you repeat it and that's all i have and with that being said, and at the end of the day, and since it is what it is, yes, sir. this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. Good morning, class. Please settle down. The first thing I would like to do is go around the room and ask what everyone would like to be when they grow up. Who would like to go first? Okay, how about you, Sarah? When I grow up, I want to work at McDonald's like my mom. Oh, family tradition, eh? How about you, Linda? When I grow up, I'm going to be a prostitute on the streets of New York City. Oh, glamour girl, huh? Very ambitious. How about you, Tommy? 
When I grow up, I'm going to be a rich, elitist businessman who works on Wall Street and profits off of the collapse of foreign economies. Enterprising. And great to see some multicultural interest.